Take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 20, please. Acts chapter 20. I am thankful um, that our youth pastor, Robert Letta, was able to fill in for me last week. And I am thankful that you allowed me to go and preach for a friend of mine who was on vacation last Sunday uh, and uh, was not able to find anybody to fill in for him. And he does not have a Robert Leto at his church, so we do. Um, and so I had Robert preach for me so that I could go and preach for him. And so thank you. I uh, had one church member when I told them that I was going to be gone last Sunday to go preach at another church. Their first question was, is it in view of a call? If for those of you that don't understand what that means, that means, are you interviewing at another church? Um, let me clear that up. No. I'm very happy with my church. <laughs> no plans on leaving, but I am thankful for the opportunity to preach at other churches. My son was not happy about it. Jaden was very upset when we walked into that sanctuary. He said, I do not want to be here. I want to be at my church. <laughs> And so um, I was very thankful for that. Um, and so church, that says a lot about you. Uh, it's not that he likes my preaching. It's he likes his church. <laughs> and so, um, so it was a blessing. Um, but I am excited to be back behind this pulpit with you guys. Uh, there's nothing brings me greater joy than preaching to you. All right, so Acts 20, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12. Uh, so if you're there, say word. Yes, that sounds great. Stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's word. Title of this morning's sermon is The Church's Encouragement. The Church's Encouragement. Verses 1 through 12 of Acts 20. Here we go. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and, and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. There he spent three months, and when a plot was made against him by the Jews as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. Bear with me through these names. Sopater the Berean, son of Purus, accompanying him, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. Man. These went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas, but we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him and taking him in his arms said, do not be alarmed for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. And they took, they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for your word and we're thankful for this time. We pray that you would add a blessing upon it. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This is a, another great story out of the book of Acts where a guy falls asleep in the middle of preaching, falls out of a window and dies. Don't fall asleep during my sermon today. But today's title is The Church's Encouragement. 
Now, church, do we not need encouragement today? You may be here this morning and you individually as a church member or as a believer, wherever you are this morning, you are probably here this morning and you are in need of some encouragement. There may be something happening, whether it's within your life, within our community, within your family. I don't know, but something's probably going on and you need some encouragement. Are we not living in discouraging days today? We need encouragement. This is why we come together on Sunday mornings. We're going to look at it in this in, in this message. But we come together so that we may be encouraged because we do live in discouraging days. We live in days in the face of death, in the face of persecution, in the face of an uncertain future, in the face of a world that lives against God's word, in a world that hates the church and Jesus Christ. We live in that day. And that day is no different than the day that Paul lived in here in Acts 20. But his goal in, in these 12 verses that we can see, Paul's goal is to bring encouragement to a body of believers. So the main idea I've got for you this morning, if you want to write it down on your bulletin, I got some, got some lines there if you want to take, take notes. The gospel brings encouragement to the church in discouraging days. The gospel, the gospel, brings encouragement to the church in discouraging days. This is why we focus on the gospel every week we come together. We want every verse, every book, every chapter, every sermon we preach to point to Christ for one of the reasons being that it brings encouragement within our lives today. Now, there are many other reasons, primarily because the gospel brings life to dead souls. Amen? It does. But we also preach the gospel because for believers, and this is who Paul's talking to in these 12 verses, he's gathering with believers. We need the gospel to be encouraged. This is why we focus on it. So I dare you to come up to me one Sunday after church and tell me that I preach the gospel too much. Amen. I hope I do. I hope I drill it into your mind what the gospel is. Because we need to preach it to ourselves daily. As we fight our sin daily. As we fight discouragement daily. As we realize how inadequate we are to live in this world. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves daily. So church, the gospel brings encouragement to us in discouraging days. So I've got four ways in how this text does that. Number one, if, you, if you're taking notes. Number one, the gospel brings encouragement through God's word. Through God's word, number one. Look at verses one and two. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them. If you're like me and you like marking in your Bible, circle encouraging. After encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. Then in verse 2, when he had gone through those regions, he had given them much what? Encouragement. He came to Greece. Circle encouragement. Paul's goal is to encourage the believers before he leaves them. He wants to give them an encouragement because what's happening? This may be the last time they see him. I believe that is how Paul preaches and teaches with these believers. 
in a way in which I don't know if I'll have another opportunity to. That's how I want to preach to you every Sunday. I don't know if I'll be here next Sunday. And by that, I mean, I don't know if God will take my life by next Sunday. So every Sunday, I want it to be, what if this was the last sermon you ever heard from me? So what's the best thing that I can give you? The word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you through the word of God. And that was Paul's desire throughout his entire ministry. He's not encouraging these believers by telling them how good they are. Y'all know I don't tell y'all how good y'all are. I tell y'all how wretched and sinful you are. Because you are. I am too. The Bible tells us that. We are dead in our sins and trespasses. We, apart from Christ, are dead. Paul's also not telling them how strong they are. Are you strong? Some of you might be physically. Not me. But are you strong spiritually? No. I am weak. I am a weak man. You put a Twinkie in front of me and tell me you'll give me 20 bucks if I wait one hour. I probably won't wait an hour. I'll probably take that Twinkie. I am a weak man. But, but no, just take, take that off the table. Take the, my size off the table. Take the fact that we are sinful. We are sinful people. We fall into our temptations easily. We are weak. Paul is not encouraging them by telling them how strong they are. He's not even encouraging them by telling them how skilled they are. Paul is encouraging them by preaching God's word to them. He's wanting to point them to Jesus Christ. Now the word for encouragement in these two verses, I told you to a circle. The word for encouragement can also mean exhortation. The Greek in it can mean exhortation. So instead of it just being, man, you know, I'm just appreciative of you. Like I get those and those are very encouraging. But what Paul's getting at here is this type of exhorting that brings encouragement. Exhorting what? God's word. This is why we want to focus, especially here at Red Cross, on the preaching of God's word. We want this to be primary. We don't want anything to take this place. John MacArthur, when he celebrated his 50th anniversary at Grace Community Church that he's pastored at for over 50 years now, when they, when, when they celebrated his 50th anniversary, they didn't take the Sunday morning service and cancel the preaching and, and just have a big, you know, luau or whatever. What did they do? They invited people in to come and preach. Why? Because that is the primary responsibility of a church of Jesus Christ to preach the word of God. And that's what we want to value here at Red Cross. Why? Because it's encouraging to us as believers. We want to receive that encouragement. When I first started out in youth ministry at my last church, I was there for six and a half years until y'all stole me from there. But when I was there for six and a half years, we, the focus on our youth ministry within the first two years was games and gimmicks. Like I would, I would buy those Apple's, Apple iTunes gift cards and tell the kids, hey, if you come this Wednesday night, we're going to play a game. If you win the game, you're, you may win a gift card. Or we would, I would, I would, and I would pride myself over these sick and twisted games. Well, I mean sick, sick and twisted. My goal was to make a kid sick in youth ministry. 
They would, we would take different ingredients and put it in a blender and mix it up. And then if you can chug it on Wednesday night, you get a prize. And we would, we would pride ourselves over that. And, but the problem was, is we were only bringing in 10 or 12 students. And we were wondering, why are we not growing? Kids are not coming. What's going on here? And it hit me one week when a student texted me. High schooler texted me. He said, hey, hey, Pastor Jesse, just wondering, what's the game this Wednesday night? And then he texted me again. Actually, what's the prize this Wednesday night? And I texted back and I was like, are you not concerned about what, what we're teaching on? He's like, yeah, but I want to know what, what we can win. Man, I was convicted. So that Wednesday night, we canceled games. On, and there's nothing wrong with youth ministry having games. We, we, do, we do games here on nights where we have game nights. That, they're, they're fun. But when it's time to have the priority of Bible study and the preaching of God's word, that needs to be the priority. So we can't, that Wednesday night, I had a powwow with them. And um, we talked about how we're going to cancel games for the next little, little bit. You want to know what happened to our youth ministry over the next couple years? We, we busted out of our youth room. We went from 10 to 12 students on a Wednesday night to around 50 on a Wednesday night because people were hungry for the word of God. We were not doing games on Wednesday nights. There may be once in a while we'll do one of those minute to win it games or something really quick. But the focus was God's word. You want to see true growth? You want to see true life change? You want to see church happen? Focus on the word of God. You want encouragement? Focus on the word of God. And that's what Paul's doing here is he is focusing on the word of God. Church, there's nothing greater you need in such a day as today than the word of God, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing greater. You don't need the here's five steps to a healthier marriage or, or, or here's six ways to a better life. You need the word of God in your life. You need the conviction of the Holy Spirit through the word of God in your life. You need the truth of who God is and the truth of what the gospel is in your life. That is where we can find the most encouragement. So number one, we find encouragement through God's word. Number two, we find encouragement through God's blessings. Look at verses three through six there. He spent three months. Paul did in Greece. And when a plot was made against him by the Jews as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. Sopater the Berean, son of Purus, accompanied him, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of, of Derby and Timothy, and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. Those went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas, but we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days we came to them in Troas, where we stayed for seven days. Now, whoa, what? Where do you see God's blessings at in these four verses? Where is it? You need to read Romans and Corinthians. Because what happens, you want to know what happens within those three months that Paul is in Greece? First off, as we read in Romans and in Corinthians, they are taking up a collection, an offering from these Gentile churches because there are some needy Christians in Jerusalem. We see in verse 16 of Acts 20, for Paul had decided to set sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem if possible on the day of Pentecost. He's trying to get to a destination. He wants to get to Jerusalem. Why? Because at Pentecost, he wants to be able to give this gift to the Jerusalem Christians, 
to the Jerusalem church, those that are in need, this gift that he's been collecting, we see it in verse 4. Why does he have this group of men with him? This isn't Paul's posse. This is a group of representatives that are walking with Paul, transporting an amount of money from this area to the church in Jerusalem. Paul is is trying to get to Jerusalem. We see that within the first three months of Greece. But then also something else happens in the first three months of Greece. Paul writes the book of Romans. We hear in verse 3, as he is in this area for three months, Paul writes the book of Romans. Church, we see that through God's blessings, we can be encouraged. Where are the blessings at here? First, we, what we just heard, we saw that Paul was collecting an offering to take to Jerusalem. His, his goal, again, is to encourage the believers. So as he's in these churches and, he's, and as he's spreading the word of God, he's also collecting a love offering. Now, I know most of you in here, you know how that feels. You've, you have been helped out somehow, some way from other believers, from the church even, maybe financially, maybe physically, maybe a meal was brought to you, and you've been encouraged by that. That blessing that we receive is an encouragement to us. Let me tell you a story. I don't like mowing my yard. Is that, did I just rip up my man card by saying that? I don't. I just don't like mowing my. I just. I feel. I just rather hang out with my family, um, but just because with me, I push mow my entire yard. It takes me two and a half hours to push mow and weed eat my entire yard, and my wife will say it shouldn't take that long. But man, as many water breaks as I take, it takes that long. Well, so one Saturday, my neighbor, who's very generous and loving, my neighbor texted me and and they're like, hey, uh, this guy comes and mows our yard every other week. I'm like, man, I wish I could pay somebody to mow my yard every other week. Right now I am. But that'd be great. She's like, we're going to pay for him to come over and mow your yard. I was like, that pride hits you, right, man? No, I got it. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm going to mow. I'm mowing it today, actually. And she's like, no, no, no. I want to bless you. I want to send somebody to mow your, your, your yard. I really appreciate your blessing, but I'm going to mow it. I get out into the yard. I start push mowing my yard. And um, <laughs> as I'm push mowing, uh, Christian Ministries cross the street. One of the workers comes up with a zero turn. And he's like, hey, man, the manager over here at Christian Ministries, who is a dear friend of mine, Wants to bless you by mowing your yard for you. Same day, guys. I'm just, I threw my weed eater down. I'm, I'm done. Y'all, go ahead. You mow it. Like, God obviously wants to bless me. Either that or y'all just think my yard is that hideous and everybody in the neighborhood is trying to mow it for me. But a lot of times we, we need those blessings in our lives to be encouraged. And, and, and I apologize to my neighbor because I robbed her of that blessing. She couldn't bless me. And so I told her the story and I was like, obviously y'all may have been in cahoots. I don't know, but the yard's mowed and I appreciate you being willing to send somebody over. Church, God's blessings encourage us. We see this offering that, well, in Romans and Corinthians, we see that in this time they're taking up this offering and we see why Paul's being surrounded by these people as they're delivering this offering. And then two, we see the blessing that God is protecting Paul in verse three. There, There is this, this plot to kill Paul again, and he hears of it. This blessing where God's protecting him, his providential care. 
God blesses us in many ways, church. God blesses us financially. God blesses us physically. He blesses us with friends. He blesses us with the church. He blesses us with opportunities to bless others. See, not only should we be people who are encouraged by blessings, we should be people who are eager to bless others, to encourage others. Just as Paul is. We receive encouragement through God's blessings. And church, can I say that there is no greater blessing that we can receive than the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no greater blessing that we can receive than the fact that a loving and gracious and holy God sent his son to die for our sins and to pay the penalty for us on our behalf. To where all we have to do is come to him and put our faith and trust in him and we will be saved. There's no greater blessing. God blesses us through those opportunities. Thirdly, not only does God bless us through his word and through his blessing, not only does, does God encourage us through his word and through his blessings, but number three, God encourages us through his people. Look at verse seven. God encourages us through God's people. Verse seven, on the first day of the week, check it out, church, when we gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. Now, this is the first instance. I want you to hear this. Here's a church history lesson for you. It's the first instance in Acts where we see the church gathering on the first day of the week. Why is it? Used to they would gather on the Sabbath, which was the seventh day of the week. Why are they gathering on the first day of the week now? It's because they are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Church, we see here why we gather on Sundays. This is why we worship on Sundays, the first day of the week, because it's the day Christ rose from the dead. The church moved it to this day. And we see it here in verse 7. We see that they're gathered together to break bread. Church, we receive encouragement through God's people when we gather together. When we come together like we are today. And let me tell you, we have a packed house. I guess everybody's home from vacation because it's, we got the highest attendance we've had in months right now. And it's because one reason is we receive encouragement when we come together. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Coming together, gathering together to encourage one another. Church family, there is value in gathering as a church body. Not only do we see it as a command, as we do in Hebrews 10, where Hebrews tells us to not neglect the gathering of the saints. We see it as a command, but not only is it a command, it's an opportunity for us to be encouraged. It is. We get to come together to encourage one another. We get to see each other, pray for each other. This is a great time. I love coming to church on Sunday mornings to Red Cross Baptist Church because I get encouraged by you. 
You, some of you. But I do. Guys, that was a joke. But I do. You guys are encouraging. And here we see that they're not only gathered together to encourage one another. They're breaking bread. They're breaking bread. What does that mean? They are, they are having the Lord's Supper and a fellowship meal here. That's why I wanted us to partake of the Lord's Supper this morning. It's brought us a great opportunity to it in the scripture. Why do we take of the Lord's Supper? To be reminded of the gospel. And when we are reminded of the gospel, as we take the Lord's Supper together among God's people, we are corporately declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ as we partake of it. And we are corporately being reminded of the body that was broken and the blood that was spilled. Church, we receive encouragement through God's people. And Paul saw the importance of that here as they gathered together. And they're, they're hungry for the word of God here. They are hungry. There is, there is no greater there is great blessing when you are pastoring a people hungry for the word of God. They are hungry for it. How do we know? Look at verse one. And he prolonged his speech until midnight. They were staying up late. They wanted to hear what Paul had to say before he left. So three, we receive encouragement through God's people. Not only that, number four, we also receive encouragement through God's power. Through God's power. Look at verse 8. They've already been up late. They broke bread. Verse 8. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered. And a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him and taking him in his arms said, do not be alarmed for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. And they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. I like that language with, with, with Luke at the end of verse 12. We're not a little comforted. They were greatly comforted. We see encouragement through God's power. How so? We see death to life here. This guy, all right, this is the perfect storm. I was at T4G, it's a preaching conference up in Kentucky one year, and we had just, me and my friend went, we just ate this large pizza. And I'm not talking like a Pizza Hut pizza, like this was a large, like, hole in the wall, like, type of restaurant with this pizza's hand, like, it was great. One of those pizzas, you know what I'm talking about. But me and this other guy, we devoured the whole thing. Going back in to go here preaching, John MacArthur was the guy that they decided to put on the itinerary after lunch. If y'all have heard John MacArthur, he's like a warm glass of milk, man. He doesn't get loud. He's just soft and he's got good stuff. He's not boring. He's good. But man, you got a full stomach and you listen to him preach, you're going to doze off. Perfect storm. Eutychus is in the middle of a perfect storm right here. This is the springtime. Got the window open. Got this warm glow happening within the room. The mood is set. He's just got a full belly sitting by the window. Got the cool breeze blowing on him and he passes out asleep. You've been there. Some of you are doing it right now. He passes out asleep. And what happens? He falls out the window. Church, 
You can fall asleep in church, but I cannot guarantee you're going to wake up. All right. So listen to this. We are encouraged by the power of God because Paul uses this as a great opportunity to illustrate the gospel here. This whole time, he's already been talking about Jesus. He's been talking about the word of God. He's been encouraging the believers. And then like this opportunity arises. This guy dies by falling out the third story window. And Paul's like, watch this. And this guy comes to life. God's power worked through Paul to bring a dead person to life. Church, there's nothing more encouraging than being reminded of the power of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ that brings dead souls to life. Paul uses that. We serve a sovereign king who rules and reigns, who is sovereign and supreme. He is the king that, 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 that is in the heavens and does all that he pleases. He works out all things for our good and his glory. He is ruling and reigning and saving souls. It is only by the power of God that people can come from death to life with dead souls into live souls. It is only by the power of God that we can see transformation within people's lives. In church, when we see that and when we're witness to it and when we read about it, This is encouraging to us. It should be encouraging to us. This story should encourage us. This really happened. Eutychus fell out of a window and died. And Paul, God working through him, raised him to life. And we serve that kind of God. The God who could have just left Eutychus dead. But by his grace and mercy and love, raised him to new life. Church, that's the God we serve, and that should encourage us. Should encourage us through the preaching of his words, should encourage us through his blessings, should encourage us through his people, and it should encourage us through his power. Church, we are called to be encouraged and to encourage others through the gospel. So as we close out this morning, You may be here and you need encouragement. You came to no better place. You sat under the preaching of the word of God. We are about to partake of the Lord's Supper to be reminded of the gospel. You are surrounded by other believers who are struggling and suffering just as you are. We're in this together. We are a body United under the blood of Jesus. So I pray that you are encouraged with that. You may be here this morning and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There is no greater time to be encouraged than by giving your life to him. Who will hang your sin and sorrow on his cross. Who died for your sin. Will you put your faith and trust in him today? no greater encouragement than to see you, a dead soul, come to new life. I pray that you have. Let's pray. Father God, you are so good to us. We are better than we deserve because of your grace and your mercy. God, I pray that through this time that we may be encouraged through your word, that we may be encouraged through your blessings. No greater blessing than the blood that was shed on the cross. God, that we may be encouraged through each other. 
And God, that we may be encouraged through your power. So Lord, I pray that you would use this time. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.